Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, an iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick Podcast Network production. I'm Alan Nevins. And I'm Joey Santos. And this week, we're talking to our good friend, Dr. David Schaefer. David is a double board certified, award-winning New York City plastic surgeon who specializes in all aspects of aesthetic and cosmetic surgery. We're going to discuss our theme this week, which is the nip and tuck of it all. I have so many questions to ask him. Well, if you're anything like us, you might be fascinated with the business side and want to know what certain procedures are, how they work, and what's in high demand right now. I want to. I have so many things that I need that are in high demand. So let's <laughs> grab a drink and dive in. I'd like to take a minute to actually have a moment of silence, if you don't mind. We lost something very important today. Your virginity? No, that that was lost um, on Wednesday. <laughs> yes. On the plane. What did we lose today? Um, no, I, I'm I'm not joking. And, oh. And I I, I mean I, I hope that you will respect the fact that it's it's painful for not just for me but pretty much for our country and I have to say our country in particular. I mean a little bit for the world, but. Very much so in our country. And so a moment of silence, I think, is only fair for our listeners and then for you and I just to pay respect to the fact that we've lost something very dear to us all, and it's called customer service. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was on the phone this morning. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You are nutcase. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was on the phone this morning trying to order some things, and between... Nobody picking up the phone. And then a recording comes on after it rang 25 times. And I'm talking about big business. You know, huge department store. Not one iota of I give a shit at all. I was so through. And then when they finally answered the phone, can you hold, please? Hold. I I held for 15 minutes while it rang 276, 276 times. I counted it. I mean, I'm so through. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to the department store. And and are see, you naming this department store? What who was it? I you know I could name it Macy's. <laughs> so I drove down to Macy's, parked the car in the valet for fifteen bucks, took the elevator straight up to the seventh floor, marched my ass right in there, went to the men's department. They have one, but it's not listed in the phone directory. In the message, the outgoing message that you could speak directly to a person in women's shoes or in cosmetics. As a matter of fact, in cosmetics, you can go to Lancome, you can go to this one, that one. There's a hundred things for women to look beautiful. A guy just tried to wear a nice suit. Is that so much to ask? Yep, apparently so. So I went to the men's department. Was there anyone in the men's department to help me? 
zip crickets. So I went over to the ladies' department. I said, excuse me, is there anyone in this store that works in the men's department? She says, oh, of course, Pierre works in the men's suits. I said, oh, does he? She says, yes, he's wonderful. I said, well, where might he be? He's at lunch. <laughs> he's at lunch? Do you know it's 1230? She says, yes, it's perfect lunchtime. And you didn't Not open- when you open at 11. 11. <laughs> I mean, you opened at 11. Didn't you think he may have bagged it that day? For a little peanut butter and, and jamon sandwich or jambon de fromage sandwich or whatever Pierre has for lunch. But no, he has to go to lunch and I'm sitting there trying to buy a suit. Good luck. So anyway, that didn't go very well. So I was better when you said we were having a moment of silence. Well, the silence. <laughs> let me just finish this and then I'll be quiet for a minute. So I went to another women's department and I found this lovely person. Her name is Tammy. And she happens to be the manager. So she was very distraught over my complaint. And she could not have been nicer, more knowledgeable about it. And that's not even her department. She took me to the men's department. She showed me all different things. She took me to Hugo Boss. She found my size. She helped me fit it. She found some other things in other departments and Varvados and all this other stuff. And I came away with, you know, thousands of dollars <laughs> of stuff. But the that they almost person, missed out on. That they almost missed out on. And it was as simple as just taking a minute. And I was in and out of there in a half an hour once I had the right person walk me through it. So all is not completely lost. So just when you think you're at the end of your rope and you think that everybody's gone cuckoo and doesn't give a shit about anybody, you find somebody that actually does. So I really didn't love the way the suit fit that good. So by the time I got home, I had this other great suit, which is usually expensive, but I hadn't taken it to the dry cleaner. So I was like, oh, shit. It's almost now five o'clock. So I run to my dry cleaner and they're just about closing. And I said, oh my God, I need this for tomorrow. Is there any way? He says, well, you know, we don't, oh, we're not really open on Saturday and we don't do dry cleaning on Saturday. I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Joey, but uh, we just don't do these. And I said, well, I really need it. Well, I guess I'll have to go to some other cleaners tomorrow. He says, hold on a minute. So he went to the back and he came back. And he says, for you, I'm opening tomorrow morning. I'll have it ready by one o'clock. That generosity, we're not used to it anymore. It used to be something we didn't have to beg for, you know? And that just closed my day. So whatever how it started, the rest of the day erased it because it brought me back to the, the hope that there are still people that care, there are still people that have intention, and there are still people that protect their business and their customer. So thank you very, very much, City Express Cleaners, and thank you very, very much, Tammy. Tammy. Funny you should bring that up because that now should I maybe talk about my flight back from New York on my favorite, which is why it's so disappointing, airline, Mine United. Too. United, I United. love United. I fly them everywhere. So when we left New York, first of all, they did a great job before we left the city. They send a text. The flight is late. The equipment needs to be changed. A new plane's coming in. They push the plane back two hours. Fine. We hadn't left yet. We went, we rode our bikes all over New York. We had a great time. We get to the airport. None of those kiosks are working at United. Mm -hmm. There's four kiosks for, what, 200 people? This was at Newark? Yeah, Newark, leaving. Yeah. So we waited in line, which was fine. Took a little longer than you would like to get up just the kiosk just to drop your bag. And But we get to the kiosk, and now it says there's no reservation. So I said to the woman behind the counter there that takes the bags, I said, well, clearly I have a reservation. Here's my boarding pass. I just need to check the bag. 
She said, oh, no, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you need to go talk to one of those attendants out there on the floor. Okay. So Alf, we've left, waited in this line. We go out to the attendant. There's three women standing there talking. And I go to one of them and I said, the machine says I don't have a reservation. What am I supposed to do? And she said, well, did you put in your confirmation, confirmation number? number? I said, no, I ran my credit card, which I've done for the last 20 years. This isn't the first time I've flown. And, <laughs> and it then asks you, where are you going? Then it came up and said, Mr. Nevins, we do not have. So clearly it knew who I was. Right. And she said, oh, no, you have to put in the confirmation number. I said, OK, can I go to this one? Because there's a line. Can I go over here to this first class kiosk that nobody's using or one person's in line? She said, yes. Go over there. The guy in front of us is doing his. But he has to now, because he's going to Israel, show his passport. So now he's waiting for one of three women that are working the entire behind the thing for coach, business, and first. They have three people checking stuff in. So he's waiting, waiting, waiting. The guy now, they've looked at his passport. We go in, do the thing. Sure enough, it comes up fine. And it says, you're now past the 45 minutes to check your bags. Oh, my God. So again, waiting for someone behind the counter to help. Nobody there, waiting, waiting. So I go back to these three women who did really nothing in the first place and said, now it says I'm too late to check the bags. What do I do? And she goes, I don't know. You can't do anything. And I said to her, that's your answer. I can't do anything. My flight's in 40 minutes now. I've been waiting in your damn lines for 25 minutes. You haven't lifted a finger. The three of you are sitting here having your little coffee clutch, and you don't know how to check my bag because I'm three minutes after the, the cutoff. She goes, no, I don't know what you should do. I said, so you just want me to stand here in the middle of your lobby while my plane takes off with my bag because you don't want to do anything. And you can't carry that bag on the plane. No, it's a huge suitcase. Yeah. So this really beautiful woman walks up and says, what's the problem? And I tell her, she goes, oh, I can fix it. She walks over there, do, 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 finds the thing, puts it, it's all taken care of. And I said, well, why couldn't they do anything? She said, I don't know. She goes, I literally just came on board right now. I'm just arriving at work. You're the first person I've talked to. It was a nightmare. But they didn't want to do anything, and they worked for the airline. And she got you on. She got she your got bag She got me checked. on. She got the bag checked. And those three women when we left were still standing there talking, the three employees yeah, for United. Yeah, it's unbelievable. United, I expect you to do something. And by the way, I did complain to United. No, I haven't heard a word. Well, I agree. And I think United, maybe two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world for Alan Nevins and Joey Santos, <laughs> Joseph John Santos, Jr. <laughs> So you want to give your birth? You want to give them their birth date too, so they can set yes, it up. Yes, nineteen seventy-eight, <laughs> April thirteenth, <13th. laughs> and put it under Pinocchio, aka <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> All right, now we've kvetched we'll for thirty you. minutes, but it's just—I'm telling you that we're not the only one that feels this way. And listen, write to us, but let us know your horror story and let us know how pissed off you are. Because what was that great movie, Network? I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take, take it, it any longer. Yeah, let it, you we got to take Faye. back our world, man. Anyway, that's the last of that. The last of Sheila. All right, well, since we did all that, I think we'll skip over your guilty pleasure this week because it sounds like kvetching about that is my guilty pleasure. Your guilty pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Take a breath. Now that we're done with that, um, can we go back to the cocktail? Because that might help. If we could drink this beautiful drink in front of us, I'd feel a lot yeah, better. Yeah, I've been sipping on it while you were well, while you were going off. I didn't want you to know I drank one in the kitchen already. <laughs> but, 
Okay. Well, I think uh, <laughs> David is, um, he likes frozen and he loves tequila. So I may, and he loves jalapenos. Mm. So I'm, I did a jalapeno margarita frozen. And I know David, I, I've been to him a few times for some procedures. You know, I'm such a baby. How many times? Many. Many? Many. It's like maintenance. You, you just don't many, you know, change many. your oil on the car once uh, every two years. You know, I have to go every few months to get tightened up and and uh, freshened up and whatever. It's just in fillers and injectables and, you know, major facelifts, <laughs> <laughs> nose transplants, you know, those kind of regular things. Right. Hip replacements. <laughs> New lips. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, but, you know, rejuvenation things. It's important to look your best and feel your best. And, and you have to recognize, listen, I have to shave every day and I have to look in the mirror and know who I'm shaving. I'm not going to go, oh, who's that? What's that goatee from? You know, I mean, you got you to get it together. But I, I always go, because those needles hurt, especially in these tender areas like the lips and, uh, you know, those little areas right there in the face. Not so much the forehead. That's not so bad. But those tender areas. And so he numbs me, and it's frozen. So, I mean, I always, you know. And so I decided I would um, make a frozen, a frozen, frozen cocktail. So it's, it's hot, it's spicy, and it's frozen. And it's, it's really good. good. And it's delicious. Yeah. So and this what is for are you, you calling David. It? Fire and ice. Fire and ice. Yeah. So the ice is so that you could get a needle in your mouth. And the fire is, is for that how hot you look after it's done. Okay. I'll buy that. <laughs> and it'll cost you. We'll go with that. I haven't done anything around my lips or anything, anything that hurts. And it hurts. Let me tell you, it does. I mean, I, mean, I did a, my nose when I was in my 20s, but that was a whole different reason I had to do that. Well, that you're out, aren't you, kind of? Oh, yeah, you're totally out. You're totally Except out. that when they took that sledgehammer or whatever, they take oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> I woke up for that. They hit it. And all I remember, I remember, I, 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 I woke up and I said, wow, this is kind of violent. And then I was out again. <laughs> Yo, God, see, that's my fear to go under and then wake up during. <sighs> well, it was oh. just a second. And obviously, I didn't feel the pain, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, it mm. was... Just a moment. The nose thing. Thank God. I... But, you know, I have a lot of questions for him because things have changed. What people think of as plastic surgery today is quite different than it was even two years ago. Oh, yeah. They've come a long way with some of the things they're doing and what they know. And thank God, because, you know, we see some of the people around town that have had surgery and actually kept them from making movies for many, many years because they went over the top. Over the top and under the knife. Because what happens is, you know, especially as an actor or an actress, um, I remember my dad had his eyes done in like 1980, you know, and it was a, quite a procedure. I mean, he was out for, you know, good week or two, you know what I mean? And then healing and then that swelling. And you have to be careful that you're not photographed or any of those things, you know, until, until all the, that's what a lot of people make. They get their, they get photographed a few days after and they look weird. You know, yeah, but, but my these people are her, doing. But these people are doing major surgery, major, and then my, they're going know, out. My mother had her entire face and boobs done, nineteen eighty. She came home, and I started crying when I saw her. And she was like, "Oh, well, don't be sad. I'm just going to look so great." But I was so. She looked like she was in a horrible car accident. Bandages right. all around the face, around the head. You know, the titties were all, you know, wrapped up, and and I was like, "Mom," and she was like, "No, please don't cry." And then she got upset, and I was like. And then once they took it off and everything was normal, she was like dancing around and happy as can be. But that was a different time. Now, two days later, you're yeah. Well, I don't know the why these people stripping. don't have the brains to go away for. That's what you used to. You go away for a month after you've had surgery, and you know where nobody can find you or yeah. see you, and then you come back with the you know a whole new look. 
I mean, listen, we've all walked down the street and you've looked at somebody and said, what were they thinking? Do they not own a mirror? You mean that's still intact? <laughs> <laughs> the mirror or them? The cracked mirror after you went into it like, ah! I mean, some of these people with their lips is like, what, are you trying to stick to the well, wall or that. something? Well, let's stop talking about that because I want David to answer all these questions and, and I want to save them for him. I don't want to waste it on you. <laughs> well, it's all right. I have an appointment with him. Yes, you do. So I'll go do that, and you can just sit around and wait till we're done. I will. I'm refreshed already. Okay. We have a new little segment we're going to do very quickly, and it's always going to be very quick. Two, Two peas in, in a podcast. podcast. And we're going to add this to every episode coming up. I think we're going to start today. We're going to start today. Yeah. We're going to do a little food segment, really easy little recipes that won't take you more than five, maybe ten minutes at the very most. And there are little things that I'm going to co- uh, create to go with the cocktails we create. Right. Each and week. then you're going to learn to go make them by going to our web page and uh, watching and the, the video. Will be there and uh, recipe will be there and also a video, an instruction video with me and Alan preparing them just for you. And if I can do it, anybody can, can do, do it. it. Although I can cook pretty well. You do cook really well. The My, same three same things. Same three things. <laughs> <laughs> but they're delicious. Thank you. I just don't invite you over to dinner very often. Just, <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Mm. <laughs> I wonder what we're having. What are you having tonight? Oh, I haven't had lasagna in ages. <laughs> yes. I know the last time you were here four months ago. That's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, you, what are we making? So I figured since we're doing this jalapeno margarita, this frozen margarita, I'm going to do a, a, a creamy guacamole and I'm going to do... Um, Homemade chips. I hate the chips that come in the bag. And not because they're not good. They are tasty and good, especially there's all different brands and all different types, thin chips, thick chips. Yeah, but I love Are you chips. talking about those ones where you fry them at home and they're kind of thick and they Yeah, because, I love because those. they're not, at least when you make them at home, they're not broken. Because I hate opening a bag of chips and they look terrible. They got all the all this chip dust and yeah. and then you get, you know, you, you get a piece of a chip and you got more guacamole on your finger than you do on the chip. I like to make them myself. And then you can cut them to the size that you like. You know, so I'll teach you that. It's so simple. There's no excuse not to do it. They're really done in three minutes. All right. So we're making creamy guacamole. Creamy guacamole and homemade (laughs) chips. And you serve them warm with a little bit of sea salt and you will be hooked. Yeah. Those chips, by the way, without guacamole. They're called crack chips. They really are. I had a client that called them crack chips. Well, she was an addict, but, you know, not only kidding. (laughs) They're, They're like crack, she said. All right. Cocktail break. We'll be right back. So this week we are back in studio in New York with Dr. David Schaefer. Welcome, David. Thank you. It's great to be here. Welcome, David. It's so good to see you. Thanks. You also are a friend of Joey's. I met you once before. It's been a while because of this pandemic, but how do you two meet? I think through Dexter. <laughs> through Dexter. And right? it's a good over five, seven years. I think about oh, close wow. to seven years. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think when you had the... Your other clinic. Yeah, he, my first office. Yeah, yeah. we've expanded greatly now, yeah. and, which, uh, and which David, we'll get into. Well, you were the first person to perform a procedure on me. Is that so? I, that, wow. You were my first injection, Amazing. so to speak. Yeah, it's You gave really me nice. Botox. You were like a Botox virgin. I was we, a uh, Botox virgin, <laughs> not anymore, but I am, fantastic. but I was then. I know, I, whenever I see you and um, your post, I always see all the great food that you make. You know, we're constantly trying to lose weight and stay in shape. So I know. It's, uh, it's, but you know, the that's temptation is you, always. You mentioned about yeah. the food. It's, you know, everything for me is about the presentation, of course, flavor, you know, things. But presentation yeah. is so important. And I can look at a food on a plate or on a table or in a, you know, and I can go how fresh it is or I could see how. Do you do that with a face? All the time. All the time. <laughs> you know. 
and, and or like a pair good, of boobs. Yeah, good. I mean, good plastic surgery you shouldn't be able to spot from across the room, right? You know, the patient and the doctor as myself, I can notice things, and, and there's things I can look for to see. And it, mm-hmm. it's funny sometimes patients will come in say they never had plastic surgery before. And I start examining them, and I see the telltale signs of a facelift or eyelids or or those kind of things. But if they're able to pull it off in public, you know, that's great. Let's test him. Have I had plastic surgery? Exactly. Well, I have to do a full examination, but, uh, you know. (laughs) I mean, from the neck up. The good thing is that that you look great, right? And and, and that's the whole whole point of it. The end result. Yeah, you want to look good, but you also want to feel good. A lot of people come in, they say, I don't look on the outside how I feel on the inside. Part of my job is, you know, figuring out what their expectations are, what they're looking to to accomplish, and then helping them along that pathway. And it's not a, I often say it's not like a drive-through restaurant. You don't drive through, get your one procedure, and then you're done. But it's well, a but two, some people ask for super size. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, there's that, and there's maximum of what we can do. Part of my job, though, is when to say no, because sometimes people lose touch with reality. They're in a whole group of friends, and you know they're all doing things, and I've kind of lost touch with uh, what would be normal. Or there is a big difference in what people do in LA and what they do in New York, plastic surgery wise. But we were going to ask about sort of the morality and the, and the ethics of plastic surgery because you do see people walking around, and you're like, how could she possibly have done that to her lips, or why would she have done that to her face? Because why does she think she looks better now than she did before? She looks 10 times worse than when I knew her a year ago. Totally. And there is a phenomena where, let's say we'll inject somebody's lips. It'll look really nice. They'll go back out. They'll see their friends. They'll get some positive feedback. And then they think that more is better. And part of my conversation with the patients is more necessarily is not better. It may be mm-hmm. that we've achieved the best result for you. And if you overdo it, now you've, you know, ex- Gone beyond the bounds of what looks normal or what or what looks uh, realistic, and then sometimes they'll go to another doctor, maybe an unethical one, or just you know somebody looking to cash in really quickly. Yeah, and they'll get another uh, syringe of filler in their lip, or they'll get mm-hmm. a, another procedure, and then they come back for you know what you were right. Now can we try to fix it? How much do you think that social media and Instagram and things like that play a part in somebody's interpretation of what they look like? You know, social media is huge, especially when the forward-facing cameras came out and everybody's taking selfies and looking at themselves from angles they hadn't seen before. Prior to that, you just know what you look like from looking in a mirror and occasional pictures. Right. Now, people have literally thousands. It's almost of, as if this stares back at you. Totally. And it's thousands of pictures of yourself. Whether somebody else took a picture and then you're seeing a picture where you don't like the angle or you've taken the picture of yourself and you've used all these filters and now you kind of live in this like augmented reality or what virtual do I look reality. Like? And what do you really look like? And some patients come and they'll say, look what I look like a year ago. And it's obviously a filtered picture. And I'm like, that's what you that look like filtered. Ago. That wasn't what you look like a year ago. You, you know, so kind of filtering through all of that to, to figure out, uh, you know, what's, what's their real self, what they're looking for. And, so your preparation as a doctor when a patient comes in for a consultation, for example, or has an idea of what they would like to have, it's very important not only are they prepared physically, mm-hmm. because there is preparation for that too. A lot of people smoke. A lot, you know, you can't do totally, surgery, yeah. you can't, you know, there's things you have to prepare for. And there's also 
mentally, you walk them through a lot of this. I know that you do this. Oh, and I, I always joke that I'm a part psychiatrist and part plastic surgeon. My mom's a psychiatrist. So, I, you know, I grew up kind of with that. With that. Uh, kind of I would think more a psychologist because yes. they're there for psychological reasons. Exactly. Yep. Totally. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But there is that component to it. And uh, so it's filtering through that ahead of time because you don't want to do, a, let's say, a plastic surgery procedure on a patient when they have kind of a false expectation of what it'll do or how it's going to change their life. Because you, you want to help them, you know, physically and mentally, but you also want to make sure you're making a positive benefit for them, mm -hmm. too. How much do you subscribe to eliminate the negative, accentuate the positive philosophy? You totally have to. You, you know, you really want to focus on the positive. You know, part of what I think people like coming to our office for is we are a positive environment. We want to have that environment and a supportive environment, too. But necessarily, a patient really doesn't know what the negative versus the positive is. So in other words, being realistic, if I walk into a plastic surgeon's office and I say, give me Jennifer Lopez's nose, <laughs> but I've got Roseanne Barr's face, <laughs> no. how is that going to work? Do you that's see? That's and then a perfect, the result. Yeah, no, no that's, but that's how's a, the result going to be? No, it's a perfect example. It's like Mr. Potato Head. Well, it's totally. not unlike fashion, but, you know, you think if you buy that dress, you're going to look like that. And, of course, <laughs> it's not going to look like that on you. Yeah, but at least your, your body should match your like shoes, that. for God's uh, sake. Exactly. You, have, right? you know, a pair of red heels and a yellow ear. Right, but that's what yeah. I mean. But you can't say, oh, I'm going to look like that because I got her nose. Like, what about the rest of you? Work. It's like Mr. Yeah. Potato Head. All of a sudden, you, you're putting these different... <laughs> Pieces on a face. And sometimes people think it's as easy as taking this nose and putting that I'm, nose on, but yeah, there's a lot that goes here. into it. It, it. You know, surgery is real. There's real risk that you have to discuss with yep. the patients. There's recovery. And so part of what we discuss with the patients is not only what they're expecting in terms of the surgery, but what they should expect after the surgery in terms of the recovery. It's not, like I said, a drive-through where you just get it done, and then the next day you're back to yourself yeah. again. Because emotionally it has a lot to do. People go through a, people go through a lot with surgery. You know, Another and, and question. Things come up that they didn't. Uh, that People they are getting it younger and younger. How does that make you feel? You know, treating younger patients, I think, is good in the, for the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. I had a middle schooler, like a 13-year-old, come in wanting their lips because they wanted to look like the Kardashians. You know? Oh, God, the car crashes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, you know what? The, you know, first of all, you're too young for this, and uh, you still need to, you know, grow, mature, that kind isn't of thing. It, isn't but your... what was surprising is the mother brought the kid in, right? Yeah. And the, That's but it's, what I find but, so shocking. But as soon as I said no, then the mother said, see, I told you so. So it, it took the mom bringing the kid in for me to say no, because I think the parents didn't want to say no to their, their uh -huh. kid. Right. They wanted the backup. <laughs> exactly. Right. So here's the other question I have. A 30-year-old can have, and I know a lot, I mean, we come from L.A., so trust <laughs> me, we have a lot of 30-year-olds that are getting Botox, that are getting facelift, oh, yeah. yep. and they're going to look great. And then I have friends that are 60 and do the same thing, and they mm -hmm. look great. But the 60-year-old looks 30. So the 30 mm -hmm. kind of looks 60. If you mm -hmm. think about those two faces together, so why can't you just enjoy the 30-year-old? I mean, I'm, a, I'm all about taking care of your skin, I'm all about, like I said, smoothing out certain things. Mm -hmm. But unless you have some drastic issues with your face, I don't know if it's too early. Well, because you're I, still you know, growing a, into your face. A 30 year old is not going to have a facelift. That would be unusual. But you, have but, you been to Beverly Hills last <laughs> week? But there's uh, definitely, you know, smaller procedures, Botox, fillers, when done conservatively, I think are very good. It's the but, maintenance. But, but you really need an ethical um, plastic surgeon or dermatologist that, that's treating you and not overdoing it because you don't want to cause harm to your skin. You don't want to overinflate. And isn't the that skin. still changing every day? 
Totally. And, you know, what results are considered good or acceptable desirable. also changes. Desirable. You, you know, and there's not one standard of what beauty is and what the results should be like. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why you individualize each treatment to the patient you know, mm-hmm. versus going to somewhere where it's just an assembly line where they're just right. filling, every, filling everybody filling up. And Do you have a specialty? So definitely, you know, there's two areas that we specialize in, and it really has to do with the age of the patient. You have younger patients that are getting body contouring, liposuction, breast implants, Brazilian butt lift is very popular right now. What is a Brazilian butt lift? The Brazilian butt lift is in the past. <laughs> As opposed to like a Portuguese <laughs> exactly. butt lift or a but we, Italian uh, butt lift. In the past, we used to do liposuction, and we'd throw away the fat, right? And now... Save we it. realize you can save that fat and you put it somewhere else in your body. So, uh, so, so you're taking the fat, exactly. So you're taking the fat out of your belly and your lower back, which is great. But now you're enhancing that curve even more by putting it in the butt and into the breast. And in some patients, you can even put it into the face in smaller quantities. And that fat doesn't disappear in your butt? Doesn't, you know, from sitting on that bench a long time, well, that butt doesn't start to move around but, a little bit? Well, that's where the recovery comes in, too. So for about two weeks, you get, you're get uh, not sitting down on your butt. So you uh-huh. do a lot of standing. I but have it stays on there your long stomach. term? It stays there. With, with the newer techniques and newer technology we have now, we have a good, what we call takes. So we have about an 80% take. So 80% of what you inject in. And stays there because it's your own body. So. It's the twenty percent where it's going to be worried about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what, one thing people ask about, they're like, if you do liposuction in one part of your body, does the fat just move to another part of your body? But the fat doesn't move. What it's doing is, if you put calories in your mouth, the calories have to go somewhere. So, so they go to another place. They'll go to another place, right? So the best results are having a good surgery, good exercise, and good diet. Because you have to maintain that exercise and diet to maintain your results. You don't get a get out of jail free card just by having lipo exactly. in one area of your body. So <laughs> and forever, you don't get. If right. I move the fat, yes, to my butt, yes, and now I'm eating too much. Do I get more fat back to my stomach or does it now gravitate towards the butt where I've moved the fat? It continues to act as how it acted before. So if you normally would have had a bigger belly when you gained weight, now your butt's going to get bigger. So that's why you have to be careful because if you put fat in your face and then you gain a lot of weight, all of a sudden you're going to have these exaggerated features because it's a big difference. If your butt gets a little bigger, your breasts get a little bigger, you know, most people are happy about that. Yeah, but, that but if you have fat so in other areas, and it grows, well, isn't anything go to the penis? No. <laughs> is there any? <laughs> well, that, we can you eat anything we, that grows we, that? We, we didn't talk about Not it yet, I but, but I did. I did develop. <laughs> I did develop. It's called the swag procedure. So it's the swag. Sh- it's the Schaefer width and girth procedure. So <laughs> basically, what we do is we take the same filler that we'd normally put in the cheek. It's called the voluma. So it's a hyaluronic yeah, acid. Had that yeah, exactly. And, and it's great for augmenting the cheek. But now we put it in the penis, and and we use it as a way to increase the girth and the weight of the penis, and then over time, the heavier weight also makes it longer. So, really, so the popularity that he had that he gains as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, but but that's been a very popular procedure. I'll, I've I'll never say. heard. Really? It. I was literally yeah. kidding. No, it's true. Well, after that's I heard so... that the fat grows wherever you move the fat, I'm just yeah. wondering when you have some open appointments while we're here. <laughs> yeah, move it there. <laughs> I think we have a free day tomorrow. You doing anything around room? <laughs> Time for a refill. We'll be right back. I have to say, David, as well as I know you and as much as we are friends and yeah. I, you know how much I adore you and yeah. wife and family, you have the best bedside manner I have ever experienced from any doctor, let alone a plastic surgeon. And when you walked me through, because I was nervous the first time, I, I had never yeah. had an injection in my face. And, and you know, and that's yeah. a little 
scary when you see that coming straight at you, especially in the lip area. Well, you're nervous just with the needles in the room. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> but it was so, I was so comfortable. And I've been going to you ever since. I remember how much we had to numb me the first time. <laughs> yep. And I, I think I turned a little bit white and <laughs> I got a little sweaty. But after that, and it's just been amazing. And I yeah. always look forward to seeing you and getting something done. Well, that's or just... great. But it's not just doing the procedure, it's the experience the patient has. Correct. Right? And when I was growing up as a little kid, my grandmother was a nurse. And so she would talk to me about taking care of patients. And I think a lot of that grew on me. And then, mm -hmm. you know, the psychological or psychiatric part. There is an art to injecting a man's face versus a woman's face. Completely. I think my fear, and maybe other people, especially men, it's taken us a while to get accustomed to that luxury. Even, listen, most men are, can't even have a, a pedicure. <laughs> you know, they think, no, no, that's not masculine. But I think the fear was, I didn't want to come out looking like Elizabeth Taylor when I was yep. done. And then, because I've seen guys have it done where their eyebrows start going up, they become arched, their cheeks go high, and then there's a shininess to it. Their eyes start to get a little bit more um, almond-like. You know, it becomes feminized. Oh, definitely. And that's but why with you, you've really managed to maintain the man's face in a fresh. Right. And, and you talk to the patient look. and see what their expectations are. They may want to be feminized and then you can do True. that. But it, to maintain a masculine appearance, definitely you want to keep that filler more central. You don't want to make it lateral. You don't want to make the face, you know, heart shaped. You mm -hmm. want to keep more of the. the and is it different and product that you would inject for a man in a different place than a woman? You would use. Voluma here, rather you'd use... Correct, yeah. The distribution would be a little bit different. different. Like you might want a softer one, let's say velour in the in the cheeks in an older woman, but a man where you want like strong cheek or, yeah, or with a chiseled chin. Chiseled look, you'd put Voluma. Mm -hmm. So it, definitely customizing it to the patient and choosing the correct product makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Now there's some new treatments too for the jaw jawline, so, except uh, that you don't have to necessarily think right away of surgery. Yeah, so, you know, the most recent FDA approval for Voluma, the one that we put on the cheeks, is now for chin. And definitely now we're in the Zoom generation because of the pandemic. Everybody's looking at their chin and their jawline. So, yeah, for sure. But it's a great either preview for what a chin implant would look like. So you could do the Voluma, see if you like how it looks, and then do a surgical chin implant. But a lot of people are choosing just to continue doing the maintenance treatments with the Voluma on the chin to maintain it. How long does that Voluma last if you put it in a chin or something like that? So Voluma can last up to two years. Mm -hmm. So now the the complete uh, effect doesn't last two years, but the result will be around two years. So usually you do it and then you do maintenance treatments. And, and where does it go in the meantime? It's oozing into the rest of your body well this is the great thing it's made out of high, <laughs> it's made out of high concentration hyaluronic acid which is the moisture molecule in your body so actually as it's metabolized from the long chains of hyaluronic acid which make it the gel metabolized into the individual molecules and then those are just floating around under your skin moisturizing your skin giving your skin a nice glow nice. so the, oh interesting so it's kind of natural effect. is what you're saying it's a natural it's natural in the, in the past when we used to put let's say bovine collagen in, you'd have to do a skin test make sure it's compatible with the body but now with hyaluronic acid you can just do it right into the body because it's naturally in the body anyway it's just in very high concentration what was oh. the procedure that everybody was getting a while? I guess they still do. The one with that, that would shrink under your chin. Oh. Or, or you look like a bullfrog for a couple of days. <laughs> no, definitely. That was, that was kind Remember? of a miss. And, and the reason is it was so a miss, it, it's called it? Kybella. And so it's, Kybella. It's, it's the same molecule in your intestinal system that digests the fat. And so some really smart people patented that molecule, sold it to uh, one of the companies for uh, an injectable. And it does work. You put it under the chin. 
and it'll digest the fat, and then your body absorbs it. The problem is it's a reaction, and so you get you do look like a bullfrog for about a week. Right. And then you keep Two doing weeks. more. <laughs> I think it's three or four treatments, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's it's right. So it's three or four treatments. Stop. So by the time you've done all the treatments, you're already like four or six months after the initial time, and you didn't like your, your neck to start with, and now you've gone through four or six months of swelling. So right. in the chin area, it's kind of fallen out of favor but other areas of the body are fantastic so like so where? In the bra roll for women oh. around the knees in the banana roll under the butt so areas that can be covered with clothing while you're going through the healing process it's actually really great because you can uh, shrink that fat without having to have surgery well so this is interesting because i had kybella we i had remember when you had it here in who new suggest york suggest me that i do it because yes. i have something that i inherited from one of my parents <laughs> who i won't name and I have this little <laughs> bit of a chin thing going on. Yep. Some of my friends, specifically one in England, she'll know who she is when she listens to this, would say, which chin are you talking about? <laughs> we did just one of the injections. Uh-huh. And sure enough, and she said, oh, it'll swell a little bit. you know. And I was here for meetings. And of course, I had nothing <laughs> but this frog neck for the rest of the week. Yes. But when it did go down, it was it, it worked, remarkably right? yeah. different. But do you and I only did the again? one treatment. I never did another one. Yeah, so I'm looking at you right now. Definitely had an effect, but definitely another two or three treatments. So I we'll beg keep, your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll keep shrinking it. Well, p- part of my job is when to, do, when to give some honest <laughs> advice, right? So, but we could, all, we could all have a little treatment. But I, So I had liposuction under my neck. And so, uh-huh. you know, as a plastic surgeon, when I have different tools that I can use, I know liposuction is one and done. I can liposuction the neck. All the fat that came out of your neck, you're seeing it in the container, so you know it's gone. Versus Kybella, which uh, if you're not a plastic surgeon, it's still a great tool, but it does take multiple treatments. But it also depends on the patient. Like, do, uh, do you want to have surgery versus just some injection? Right. Are you okay with the longer treatment? Recovery. Uh, recovery versus surgery versus What's the recovery it, on the lipo? The lipo. Lipo. You could have it on a Thursday and go back to work on Monday or Tuesday. So it, Painful? It, you know, it, a little bit of discomfort, but not something that isn't controlled with And that, Motrin do you, you go under for that? You can do it awake or you could do it under. About half the people choose to go under just because the thought of having surgery, they're a little nervous and it helps them relax. But definitely a lot of people, we do it awake. Another procedure we do is called the buckle fat pad excision. So if you kind of, I call it the Instagram face when you look in the mirror and you kind of suck your cheeks in and yeah. make oh, a, make a, make a little kiss. Joey knows that one well. So, smart ass. Yeah, but for that look, <laughs> there's a little incision where we can do inside of the mouth and we just pluck out. It's about the size of a large jelly bean. We just pluck it out of the lower cheek area uh-huh. and it gives you that that look. And So tomorrow at, at what time? Definitely. 12.30. <laughs> we're seeing you. We got the lipo, the penis, the, yeah. uh, the neck. We're, get, we're gonna get it all, right? So. That's right. What, when you lipo, because there's so many myths out there and everybody thinks they've got the answer. So I'm finding this really interesting. When you lipo fat out mm-hmm. are those cells gone for good to not be fat again or does the body create more fat cells well so those cells are gone right they're in a bucket they go in the trash or they right. put in your butt for, for another well, yeah effect. well of course those but are the, gone but, but the, does the body create new but ones? the cells uh expand they get bigger so kind of imagine a whole bunch of uh Small balloons, and you, and if you gain weight, those balloons just get bigger. So right. the same number of balloons, but they've just been blown up bigger. They're taking up more space. So th- that's why you can't just have lipo and count on that to be your kind of weight loss technique. You mm-hmm. have to have good diet and exercise. Because and whatever's left will blow up bigger. It'll continue to grow. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Also, the, the calories have to question. go somewhere. Isn't it better to just, if you're trying to lose 20 pounds in lipo, mm-hmm. isn't it smarter? The f- 
the better result was just maybe sucking out five of those. If you only have, after you've done all the work yeah, you want to and those last five pounds or. Totally. You want to maximize your body and, and get to what I call your realistic weight, right? You uh -huh. don't want to lose 20 pounds less than you would normally be, get lipo, and then you're just going to put those pounds back, back on, on again, right? So you want to be at your realistic weight or your baseline weight. That's when you want to do the surgery. And that's when we're going to have the best effect. But lipo is not a weight loss technique. It's more of a shaping technique. Right. So Certainly, you'll step on the scale after all the swelling has gone down. You'll be, you know, five, six pounds yeah. lighter, but, but you're not going to lose look. 20 pounds. Correct. It's about how you look. Tell us about your new clinic. So we opened Schaefer Clinic last year, right before the pandemic. On so, Fifth Avenue uh, now? On Fifth Avenue and yeah. 44th. So we have five floors at the top of a skyscraper. So a beautiful wow, view. I can't wait to see it. Oh, it, no, it, it's fantastic. And, and what I wanted was a comprehensive center where kind of a one-stop shop where you could do everything. So we have plastic surgery. surgery. We have surgery, recovery. We have uh, plastic surgery. We have dermatology. We have our skin and laser lab where we have over 40 different lasers and non-invasive treatments. Fantastic. We have our metabolic center where you can maximize your metabolism, mm -hmm. preparing for surgery, recovering from surgery. We have great facialists, everything. So I'm so excited it's a great place you, and, a, and, a, and a huge wraparound terrace so you can uh, yep. relax after your treatment. Yeah, that's that's terrific. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, we have a lot more. I think we should do it in his offices. We will. <laughs> Under anesthesia. Under anesthesia. <laughs> we'll we, have the nature, we have the nature's gas. Yes. Yeah, we'll yeah, ask lots of really questions right before you fix everything. Yeah. <laughs> Start with Alan. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right well, behind Thank him. you for coming. Thank Where you, David. do people find you? Are you on social media? You're on social media. So Schaefer Clinic on Instagram. And then um, we're on 44th and 5th Avenue. So uh, number is 212 888 Seven 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 zero. There you go. Well, okay, and you'll, you'll let them know that uh, we'll be in tomorrow at two. What did we say? Right. Was it? Whenever you want to come, <laughs> get the VIP treatment. All right. Well, thank you, David. Thank I love you. you so and much. thank you for taking the time to join us today on Two Guys from Hollywood. Thank you. I got all my questions answered. Right. And I, I knew I was going to be fascinated. This thing about moving the fat from one part of the body to the other, mm -hmm. and now that new part gets fat, and not the old part. I, it's unbelievably fascinating. Yeah, to me. it's amazing what they do, and and these fillers, and and they're constantly coming up with new things. But don't forget to follow us on social media. We're going to be posting again the recipes from Two Peas in a Podcast, and the videos, photos, and links from each episode for you. Yes, and uh, and also keep the questions coming. You know, they're they're kind of fun. And uh, we never know what you're going to ask, but we always have an answer for them. So don't be shy. And you can send it to contact at twoguysfromhollywood.com, and we will talk at you soon. Two Guys from Hollywood is hosted, created, and produced by Alan Nevins and Joey Santos. Produced by Lauren Boone. Editing and post-production by Nathan Moody. Music by Luca. Executive produced by Dan Patrick. It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Panella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.